Good morning, everyone. It's great to see all your faces. Um, I'm Jeremy Davis. For those of you that don't know, we've been out of the country for a few years uh, in Peru. Been, today marks the sixth months uh, since we left uh, Peru, which is hard to believe. Uh, in some ways, it seems like it was uh, yesterday, and in some ways, I feel like I've lived an entirely different life the last six months. Um, but we're thankful to be here. The family is good. And um, we're adjusting to life back in Tennessee. We celebrated our first Thanksgiving uh, in the States in over five years. And so uh, it was kind of special. Usually we have to uh, save up ingredients throughout the year, have people send us ingredients to be able to uh, make our special Thanksgiving dishes in Peru, uh, which we did. Went to great lengths to do so. Uh, but this year was a little bit easier, and we enjoyed it. Um, I have a question for you. When's the last time you have been amazed? Were you standing here just a moment ago singing that song, I Stand in Awe of You? Were you really amazed? Were you standing in awe of, of Jesus? Um, I remember one of the times we came back from Peru after being there for a few years, and our girls walked into the airport, and they were walking on carpet for the first time. And they were amazed. I mean... All of the homes and the places that we were at in Peru mostly had tile or concrete floors. To, to be walking on carpet, they, they wanted to roll around on it, touch it, feel it. It was amazing to them. They were truly amazed. Um, one of the last uh, hikes that I got to do while I was in Huancayo was in a mountain just behind our house. Some of you have been there that ha came to visit us. Uh, it's, a, it's a place called Huatapayana. You can... Uh, see a picture here of this great mountain that was behind, uh, real close to where we lived. And we would hike this, and it, it's amazing. You get up there, you're about 12,000 feet, and you see this incredible view of a snow-capped mountain. And there's several little lakes like this one all the way up around the hike. And uh, This was one of the first hikes I did when I was there, and this was a picture from the first hike. The last hike I did was in January, and it was a totally different season, and you can uh, see what it would look like in a different part of the year. You can change to the next slide and see uh, that's that same mountain. You just can't see it. For a big portion of the year, it's completely covered with clouds and kind of a stormy look. But this time, it really struck me as I hiked up this trail, and I would see uh, these little stone uh, rock altars all over the place. People would hike and kind of, it was kind of a pilgrimage uh, thing where they would uh, hike up to the top of this mountain because this mountain to them represented a God. It represented power. If you think about it, being down below, seeing storms rise over the top of the mountain, uh, power is attributed to this mountain. The water source that it provides, the flow down into the city providing water for all the people there. Uh, it's natural for these people to look up and see something amazing, something powerful that drives them to worship. And so they go and they uh, get to the foot of this mountain and they are immediately inspired to create something, inspired to do something. And so you have these little uh, altars of stones stacked up all over the place. And what was amazing to me was these altars, some of them were not just right off the path. Some of them were like on the very edge of a tip of a, a cliff. They were trying to get as close as they could to this mountain 
to rise up their altar in worship to this God. Because I think there's something innate about us human beings that when we're standing in the presence of something amazing, we're inspired to do something. It drives us to create something. And for the people here, they, they wanted to erect something that would somehow worship this awe-inspiring image that they had right in front of them. And it made me think. It made me think about uh, my experience with Jesus. Growing up here uh, in Chattanooga, hearing the stories from, from birth, uh, going to Christian school, Christian college. I've heard the stories many, many times. Many of you have told me these stories. Were the first to introduce me to some of these stories. And now I sit here and, and, and I wonder if I'm still amazed. Am I still in awe of this person of Jesus? The life that he lived, the stories that we have of him. So are we? Are we still truly amazed by Jesus? I mean, when's the last time you have been amazed by something? What emotions came out? What did you do? What were your actions? And then to hear a story of Jesus, have you had that same experience? What does that amazement, okay, inspire us to do? Uh, you have this uh, scripture from Paul. It says, We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the early church and, and many of us and our followers of Jesus, we do what we do. We are inspired in our lives because hopefully we are amazed of the person of Jesus Christ. So I want us to take a moment for a second. I want you to think about that. Maybe you write it down. Maybe you type out a note in your phone. Take a moment. What story impacts you the most? What teaching, what image of Jesus, what amazes you or inspires you the most? Take a minute. Think about it. Which one do you, that you go to for inspiration, for amazement? I was asked this question um, just before we left to go overseas, we were at a retreat in Texas, kind of a, a farewell retreat. A lot of the sponsoring churches were there with our teammates. And one of the women of the missions committee of the church in Texas asked us an important question. She said, what story, what is your go-to story, what is your go-to verse that when you're in the middle of difficulty, it can bring you back and center your life? And I hadn't really thought about that question. There's several stories and verses that I kind of go to, that I, that I hold on to to center me. But what is the one story that amazes you most, that keeps you going in the midst of difficulty, of suffering, when no one wants to listen, when you, you're in danger, when something happens to a friend or a family member? What story do you go back to? Throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus inspiring many people. Many people, he, you know, we have Peter. He's in the boat, been fishing all night long. Jesus comes up and says, hey, let's go back out fishing. Listen, if he was with me and, and the Davis family, I'd have told him, we're not going to catch anything. We don't plan to catch anything when we go out to begin with. He says, let's go, Peter, and jumps back in the boat. 
cast your net on the other side. They start pulling in this great cast of fish. And Peter is struck. He is amazed. He is in awe so much as, get away, I am a sinner. We see other people inspired by Jesus, by what they see. Uh, the, the men that lowered their friend down into the room that's, that's healed, that's forgiven in front of many, and then is healed, that is raised, and able to walk again. And it says in the scripture that people were amazed at what they had seen. And it's important, just like the people in Wankayo, as they climb the mountain, they see this amazing vision of the mountain that inspires them to worship. It's important that we keep these images of Jesus that amaze us so much right there in our vision because it will inspire everything that we do. It's too easy to put our focus on the things that this world has brought us, the difficulties, the challenges, the sadnesses, the sorrows, or maybe the things that entice us, that we look to to excite us. Those become more amazing to us than oftentimes this person who walked the earth and changed the course of history that changes our eternity, sometimes we're not as amazed by him. There's a story that I, that I love. It's a story of this image here. And I've had the opportunity to, to share with many people in different countries. Um, go back to the other the back slide there. Um, yeah, this story of Jesus healing the leper. It's in Luke chapter 5. And I want to share this story because this is a story that amazes me about Jesus, amazes me so much that has inspired me in many parts of my life. In Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 12, many of us know this story, but those that appreciate good writing, craft, uh, as a craft, they know that when they're writing, you're very selective with the words that you choose. Good writers do that. Luke here is very specific about certain words that he chooses when he tells this story of Jesus. Chapter 5, verse 12, it says, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. I'm going to stop there. Okay? Back to, back to grammar class. We have a couple of verbs here that are pretty important. A couple of verbs here. I'm looking at my English teachers out there. When he saw Jesus, what did he do? He fell. Okay, those are active verbs. They're not passive verbs, okay? He saw Jesus and he fell. He saw something amazing, rather someone amazing, and he fell. He was so struck by this image of someone that represented hope and life and healing and peace and he fell he fell and he worshiped and he begged lord if you are willing you make me clean you can make me clean and so, again, paying attention to the verbs in the story, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. 
Uh, those that have studied this story know this, what happens around leprosy. It's a very contagious disease. Often people have to live outside of the camp in colonies where only people with leprosy have. They live. No one can touch you. People are afraid of you. Your family doesn't want to visit because it's so contagious. It just rots your skin away. And so you are isolated completely. And think about what that isolation might start to do to your mentality. I'm here alone, living outside the camp. No one wants to be around me. No one wants to touch me. Who am I? According to, to the Jewish law, you would be considered impure, unclean. Think about those words going through your head over and over again. You look down at your hands that are diseased and you think, I am unclean. And I love the action verbs we see with Jesus. Because we know Jesus' power. He's already healed people where he didn't even have to be present in the town. He just says the word and they're healed. But Jesus does something amazing here that I think even today we can appreciate more because so many of us have gone great lengths to be away from other people. Right? In, in many ways, we can relate to the leper very literally. We're separated. We're isolated. We have to go weeks at a time without seeing people so as to protect others or protect ourselves. There's instant fear. How many of us walk into the room and we're like, I'm not sure what to do. Are you a you know, fist bump, elbow, hug, what? We're scared of each other. And that's taken a toll on many people during this time. People that are at home that might tend to believe some of the thoughts that maybe the leper believed. I'm unclean, I'm unworthy. What's wrong with me? I'm alone, I'm suffering. But Jesus does something amazing that, that inspires me. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. Now, we can imagine what this is going to look like one day when we're able to reach out our hands and touch and hug. The entire greeting system in Peru has been eliminated because they greet with a kiss on the cheek. Oh. Think about what that means to people. One day when we can do that again, whether it's on this earth or in the next life, Okay, we're going to be excited. Okay, it's going to fill us with so much joy and emotion. Some will be weeping. Okay, this man was touched. When Jesus did not have to touch him, he did. And he healed the man. But he healed him at such a deeper level than just the leprosy on his skin. He healed the man's spirit, the emotion the doubt that he was having about himself. He put him back into society where people did not have to be afraid of him anymore. Who knows, maybe it's the first time in years that the man got to sit around the table with his family. But that touch, imagine what that would have felt like after not being touched for so long. The man was overcome, I'm sure. He goes on and shows himself 
to the priests. And naturally, in verse 15, it says that the news spread all the more that the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed by, of their sickness. Jesus amazed people. He amazes me in this moment, touching the untouchable, encouraging those that, and healing the, the spirit of those that have been isolated and rejected. This amazes me and it, and it inspires me because here Jesus gives me permission to do what no one else will do. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not encouraging us to go out the door with high fives and hugs, okay? I think we keep in mind the image of Jesus here. Jesus touched this man. Jesus can be in the hearts of people where we cannot be. That's amazing that we, have, we know someone that can go to everyone in the world and be with that person because we cannot. I'm amazed. Are we amazed? Does our amazement of Jesus inspire us to live differently than the rest of the world? Or do we get caught up in the same conversations? Do we get caught up in the same uh, discourse that, that our world gets caught up into? Or do we have this image of Jesus healing a man, not worried about what everyone else thinks around him? Inviting others into a life that's not concerned about what the world says is good and bad. He redefines it. Are we inspired? Are we amazed by this man that encourages us to do the same? There are people that I know that live inspired. Uh, our church in Wankayo since March, have been meeting virtually. Uh, if you've tracked what, how people have responded to this virus in different countries, uh, Peru has, been, has had the, some of the harshest uh, and the strictest quarantine laws uh, put out where people have been confined to their homes for months. Um, even today, gatherings cannot happen. But they've been meeting virtually, and because of the limitations in the country, people can't work. People that depend on a daily wage, they can't go out and earn a living. And so you can imagine over time, month, couple of months, people are going hungry. And that scarcity drives, it can drive the worst in people. Violence can break out and did. Despair, fear, um, but many in our church, in our, ha in our house church that met virtually, they were among the population of not having each day. But after we had already left Peru and been gone for a few weeks, uh, I was unable to, to get on the, the virtual meeting one Sunday. And then a few days later, I got a picture. I got a picture of three of our members, Hector, Nelly, and Lourdes, they were going around with baskets of food to their neighbors that they had heard did not have anything. Mind you, these were people that did not have anything. <laughs> but had a, 
little did I know that that Sunday that I had missed, they had had a conversation amongst themselves, identifying people around them that were suffering, that were struggling. And the church gathered what they had, and it was enough to provide some food for a few days for each of these families. And then these people delivered these, uh, these baskets of food. These were people that were amazed by Jesus and his stories, and that image was in their head, and it inspired them to do the same, to do something as Jesus would have done it. So those, those people inspire me. Jesus in them amazes me. I don't know if, you, if you've had a chance over the, the years that, that Kevin Lee's been doing his uh, archery program and the men that help him with that, uh, the men and women. Um, it, I got to go the other night. It was, it was inspiring because here is a group of people that have started a program to teach people how to shoot bows and arrows for the purpose of sharing stories with people that have never heard them. And if you've never had the, uh, the privilege of hearing Kevin Lee tell a story from the Bible, you need to do that. It's inspiring. This is a man uh, and the people that he works with, they are amazed by Jesus and they get excited to share his story with others. That they, they will do things like archery programs that will gather a crowd that will then offer opportunities for people to hear and be amazed by Jesus. I've had the privilege over the last uh, few months of teaching Bible history in, in one of the local middle schools here through the Bible in the Schools program. And this has been an exciting uh, thing for me, very different and challenging. But uh, we've been reading through the Gospel of Luke, and some of these students, eighth graders, they, had, they haven't heard these stories before. And so we've been reading some of these miracles, someone like the one we just read, and uh, it came to Friday before Thanksgiving break, well, where all the students know and teachers that nobody wants to do anything on the Friday before break. And so, um, so what I do, I showed a movie, like a good teacher would. Uh, I showed the Bible miniseries movie. And, uh, and boy, this generation, they love visual learning, right? And so I'm sitting in that class, and they're up there watching these stories that they had just read of Jesus healing and teaching. And this one came up where Jesus touches the leper. And, and of course, they knew the context. One boy almost jumped out of his chair and he goes, Hey, I read that. That really happened? That happened right there? It's like, yeah, we just read it. It said these were eyewitness accounts. This happened. It's like, wow. One girl, uh, at the end of the movie, I asked him to write what struck them, what image, and... Uh, there's a scene in this series where we know the story well. They have the adulterous woman in the middle of a bunch of people holding stones ready to, to give justice to the law, right? She was doomed by law to be stoned. And these kids are watching this. And they see Jesus, who they've been learning about, what he's all about, pick up a rock. In the, in the series, this is the image they give. That he picks up a rock. And he goes over to the woman in the midst of the crowd, and he's standing over the rock with her like this. And everyone's waiting to see what Jesus is going to do, and they're just kind of like on the edge of their seats in my class, like, is he going to throw the rock? Is he going to throw the rock? And he goes up to the highest point, and then he comes out with his famous line, those that were without sin can cast the first stone. And then you see the rocks 
drop behind Jesus, but Jesus still got his up high. Then finally he drops his, kisses the woman on the head and says, go and sin no more. And as the children, the students reflected, one girl said, I was struck by the mercy. I was amazed by the mercy that I saw in Jesus. Guys, we are a group of people that are inspired to live amazed in the presence of God. And we have the, these stories that help us through these times of difficulty, that inspire our, our minds and our hearts to act. And so I want to uh, call us to a few practices that have been uh, traditional practices for believers for a long time. Going back to these images of altars. Amazement moves us to worship. And I'm struck again by these altars because they're all over the place. And I want to give us a time to check our amazement gauge. What's our awe level? Okay. What altars do we have around us? And what are those altars built with the image in front of us, with what image in front of us? Is it, you know, for many, it, it's, we look at a picture of ourselves and then we erect our altars around ourselves and our pride and the things that we want that make us feel good. Uh, there could be a number of things that could be uh, where our focus is and the altars that we're building up towards that. But I want you to think about uh, your life what is amazing you the most that you would that would inspire you to do what you do, to live, to work, your behaviors? So take a moment and, and check what amazes you. And if you're struggling with being amazed by Jesus, I want to give you a couple of things that we can do to help in this uh, with that struggle to kind of reinvigorate our amazement. Okay, uh, the first thing is to remember. Take some time during these weeks as we're thinking about the birth of Christ, the anticipation of Jesus, and the hope that he brings into the world. Take some time to, to revisit the gospel stories. Pay close attention to the words that are used, that the authors are trying to draw us into these pictures of Jesus that are supposed to amaze us and inspire us. Uh, remembering has been a practice uh, a for a long time in our history, uh, the Israelites were called to remember the wonderful deeds, the amazing wonders that they saw in Egypt so that they would not forget and worship something else, build altars to something else. And so time and time again, they're called to remember. This is a great time for us to, to remember these stories, to remember the one or two that you remember hearing for the first time and we were like, wow. That really happened. And as you remember, I hope you are drawn to worship. I'm reminded of the story of the apostles when they're standing there at the foot of Jesus, watching him ascend up into heaven. And don't you know that they were amazed? And they did. They said some worshiped, some doubted, but they were all stricken and they were amazed. And you know what they, they didn't do? They didn't just get right to work. Being amazed and living inspired isn't always just going and doing. What they did was they went back to their rooms and they prayed. And they prayed and they waited 
and they prayed. And right now we might be in a time where we need to wait and pray and remember and wait and pray and remember and that be our rhythm of worship as a community. But take time to worship in your life. And then finally share. Is there one person in your, around your bubble of people that has not heard one of these stories of Jesus? Identify one person. Maybe it's a child, a grandchild. Maybe it's someone that you are able to have close contact with or somebody that you can call and Zoom. And if you haven't before, and you know that they don't know the story, invite them say, hey, I want to tell you a story that has changed my life and has inspired the way that I have chosen to live all of these years. And just see if you can be re-amazed by Jesus through the eyes of someone else. Because every time you tell a story to someone and their light bulb goes on, I'm going to tell you, it amazes you more than the first time you heard it. Because you see the power in these stories being passed along to others, inspiring hope, inspiring mercy. As we close, I'll, I want to, um, to encourage us during this time. May we be amazed more by Jesus and his love, and may we be a community that's inspired to live graciously, to love mercy, to forgive, not to be bitter, to have hope instead of fear, let our amazement be so much in Jesus and his image that we show these glimpses of heaven that Chris has been preaching about the last few weeks, that we are that glimpse of heaven for others in this world. We have to be creative in this time, and man, we've been creative, haven't we? But I think that's part of our worship is to think creatively of ways that we can continue to share this good news and be this good news to this world. What amazes you about Jesus? As we go home today, let's think and let's share some of those stories with those around us. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for your presence, the opportunity to gather. We ask for your protection. There's a lot of things that grab our attention, that vie for our attention and compete to try to to amaze us, to try to excite us. And oftentimes, I'll confess, I'm drawn to some of those things. But like my friends that I lived with in Wankaya were so amazed at the creation that they even worshipped it, I pray that we can look beyond the creation, beyond those things that are here that that are created things, and look to you and be amazed so much that it inspires us to worship and to share and to live differently than this world. Lord, we pray for your protection on each and every one of us. And we pray for your creativity to flow through us, to look for ways to continue to be a blessing as you called us to be in this world. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for being so amazing. We thank you for Jesus and the permission that he gives us to live inspired in this world. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name, amen.